Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 3 of Season 4 of Movie Around Minute, the daily podcast where we take a hilarious and poignant journey through the 1989 Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan rom-com, When Harry Met Sally, One Minute at a Time. I'm Rob, and joining me today is Jay Cluett of the Deep Blue Sea podcast, the uh, Lamperty on the, the Lamb, and the host of Lamperty on the Lamb, and obviously also the co-host of... Con Air Pod. Welcome back to the show, Jay. Thank you for having me back again, Rob. Pleasure to be here. I, I, I hope I got all those, those credits right. <laughs> yeah, close enough. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Makes sense. <laughs> all right. Well, minute three begins with the continuation of Nora Ephron's credits and ends with Amanda and Harry continuing to smooch. So we, we've spent two days talking about credits. Today we have oh, a painful. little bit like it was painful. There's people. No. Oh, people. There's, people. People. There's faces yes. and humans on screen. Yes. yes. Ties well, tucked be- into trousers. That's right. But before we get to that, we have one other thing that we need to talk about. There is the the final credit right before the, the movie actually begins, or the, the moving pictures of the movie begins. And that is the credit of the director, Robert Norman Reiner, who was born on March 6th, 1947, started out as an actor. He was uh, very prominent in the TV show All in the Family, which ran from 1971 to 1979, playing Michael Stivick, uh, nicknamed Meathead, who was Archie Munger's son-in-law. That's, who... that's where he met Billy Crystal, isn't it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, because Crystal played the first uh, out gay character on network TV. No, that was in Soap. No, that, was, that was in Soap. That was in Soap. That was Soap. Different show. Soap. Different show. Different show. But I, I'm pretty sure that Billy Crystal was on an episode of Own Family, and that's probably how they yes, did it. Yeah, they did meet right. there. Um, he actually won two Emmys for, for his role as a Best Supporting Actor uh, in a comedy for playing uh, Mike Stivick. He has gotten nominations from the DGA for one of Jay's favorite movies, Stand By Me, um, for this movie. For the listeners, that's not true. That's right. <laughs> For this movie and for the movie A Few Good Men, which came out uh, three years after this movie. One of my favorite movies. I love that yes. film. Such a great movie. At what? Not a? Uh, um, such a great film. What a great uh, film. Such a great film. Yes. Right. Um, and he even got a, an, an Oscar nomination for Best Picture for A Few Good Men also. And he's also gotten four uh, Golden Globe nominations for Best Director. He is also uh, largely known for doing... Uh, the, the the mockumentary uh, This Is Spinal Tap, uh, the movie The Princess Bride, Misery, The American President, uh, The Bucket List, LBJ. I mean, he has so many different things that that he's directed. Uh, I, I always find the fact that his the movie. If you look at his filmography of movies that he's directed, they're all completely different. You know, many people they try they they stay within a similar genre or things like that. He's all over the place with everything. That I he think. Does. I think with with Robert Reiner, he's uh, he's good with a good script. He he doesn't to me have a lot of uh, a directorial fingerprint. You can't really. I I feel like if you're presented a film and don't know anything about it, you couldn't say like, yes, this is a Rob Reiner film because because as you say, his films are also different. But if you give him a really good script, he'll make a really good film out of that. Yes, which you know is what we're seeing here, uh, which is the case with things like The Princess Bride, uh, Misery, American President. Like he's what he a few good men. Working with like great writers. Stand by yeah. me. I mean, he <laughs> he made Stephen I I, King I cry I by seeing the movie. 
I don't what? hate Stand by Me. I just don't love it as much as everybody else. That's all. Like, it's right. not like it's not out there on, on my hit list. It's just like I don't. It's not something I enjoy. I, I don't. But like Misery, great script. He did a great job with it. Right. Uh, but he doesn't. He's not like a. This is why I, I'm not sure if I said it on on air or before in a previous uh, minute, where I said this to me feels more like a Nora Ephron film than a Rob Reiner film. I know that the character of Harry is based on Rob Reiner. He like. And the character of Sally is based on Nora Ephron, but there's there's compare this to other Rob Reiner films and compares to other Nora Ephron films, it's more similar to other Nora Ephron films than other Rob Reiner films, in yes. my opinion. Okay, but if you if you're going by what you said, so it's because Nora Ephron, the type of things that she writes are all similar, but Rob Reiner, you know, jumps from uh, genre genre with with yeah. everything that he's doing, and that's why. That it makes sense what you're saying that it doesn't feel like a Rob Reiner movie because of that fact. Yes, I, I don't think there is such a thing as a a Rob Reiner movie. Yes, <laughs> there is no, there is no template for it, which can be a good thing. Uh, yes. Then again, I haven't watched any of his films since the Bucket List, and he's made uh, six to ten films since then, but none of them have really uh, uh, struck with the audiences right. as much. Well, I think uh, I think the, his movies in the '80s and '90s struck the audience much better. And then after Absolutely. that, things yeah. just tapered off a little bit. Um, yes. You know, I, I, I'm not saying that he did a terrible job with all those movies, but they, they just weren't as, you know, poignant, I guess you can say. <laughs> no, like The Bucket List is an okay movie, you know, with with, with, yeah. with Jack Nicholson and, and Morgan Freeman. But it's not something I would say, oh, this is a movie I want to watch over and over and over or even do minute Absolutely. by minute. You know, it's yeah. not, not that type of thing. It's, it's So covering it minute by minute isn't on your bucket list, you're saying? Mm, very good. No, no. The opposite. <laughs> Covering the bucket list on, on that is not on my bucket list. Yes. yes, my bucket list. There are numerous films on my bucket list to do minute by minute. Oh, I know, <laughs> I know. And you, I you know better, better than anyone else. Because... <laughs> you know better than anyone else because because you <laughs> always talk about you know what what am I going to do next? What should I do next? And you know I I value your opinion and that's why. You started, uh, you know, practicing uh, about naked Tai Chi, you know, learning yep. all about it. And you're oh, just going to have to wait. Not just learning. I'm, I'm doing it every day. All right. That's fine. It's a, good, it's a good thing that this is this is just, uh, you know, voice only. We don't have to see a video <laughs> of this. Thank you, Jay. Uh, and uh, but in about four months, we'll, we'll let people uh, and myself hear, hear your thoughts on that. You know, that that is that is the next thing in 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 the, uh, you know, in the chamber. That's, yeah, that's the next Ronnie movie. Harlan. There you go. <laughs> exactly. So Rob Reiner was married to uh, Penny Marshall uh, from 1971 to 1991, and he adopted her uh, her daughter uh, Tracy, who was in she was in Die Hard. She had a spot in Die Hard. Uh, she's in the movie A League of Her Own. Um, if I remember correctly, she even has a small part in this movie. Uh, I'm trying to remember if she does or doesn't. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll get there if she is. If she does. Yes, she does. She plays Emily. I don't remember who. At this point, I don't remember no, who sorry. Emily is. <laughs> Look <laughs> forward to finding her out. friends. <laughs> I think it's one of. I think it's one of uh, uh, Sally's friends later on. It's either one of Sally's friends or one of Harry's girlfriends. That's that's the cast of the film, basically. Oh, that's right. It's Emily. Okay, now I know who it is. It's it's the 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 one who makes the cakes. The one the one who has the the bakery. Okay, right. Right, so you're right. It's one of Harry's uh, girlfriends, where they make fun of the fact that uh, how young she is, which makes yes. sense if she's Rob Reiner's daughter, you know, yeah. so or stepdaughter. 
Um, he actually met his uh, second wife while making this movie, uh, Michelle Singer. We'll, we'll get to that story later on at some point uh, during the course of this. And they, they have actually three children. And they, uh, they're, they're both uh, big advocates of, of uh, you know, they have this, this nonprofit organization called Parents uh, Action for Children, which is a uh, uh, organization that uh, tries to wear the importance uh, to raise awareness and the importance of, of the children's early years by producing and distributing celebrity hosted educational videos for parents. Sounds like a lot of fun. And to enhance the public policy through parental education and advocacy. So. And of course, his, his dad is Carl Reiner. Yes. And his mother, many, we'll, we'll get to films. his mother later on also. I, yeah. She has nothing to do with this film. Uh, no, yeah, of course uh, <laughs> Like Carl Reiner obviously directed The Jerk, starring Steve Martin, from your previous, uh, yes. uh, previous endeavor of yours. Mm-hmm. And, but I, who I first met as Saul Bloom in the Oceans trilogy. Yes, uh, I was like, this this guy's great. He's a director of that. He's his son did. Oh my god, I, I love finding out stuff like he just. Ah, you didn't know before that. Pages. Before you saw him on in in uh, Ocean's Eleven, no, Ocean no, you was, didn't know. I was fourteen when I saw Ocean's Eleven, uh, so I, I hadn't really looked uh, tracked down many Carl Reiner films uh, in my early teens. Uh-huh. Uh, so it was okay, just that, like, oh, this, fair, this, this old guy in this film I love. Great. Okay, fair, fair enough. He he was actually I think he was the director of Summer School, which is such a hilarious movie. It's really stupid, but it's hilarious. I haven't seen it. I, I I've heard it recommended before as being a good film, but I've looked into it and thought it doesn't sound great. It's Mark Harmon. Come on, everyone thinks of Mark Harmon now as the straight laced guy, and he does a comedy. You know, he does it as a as a comedy. He's the sport. He's the gym teacher. Mark Harmon to me is just uh, the agent in The West Wing. Oh, okay, that's true. Not even <laughs> that's all I, know. I, I know he's got a TV show or two. I don't know, but he's just not anymore. From the West he's, Wing, he's he's out of it already. But yeah. you're right. Oh, that's right. I totally forgot about the fact that he was on West Wing because he was on like four episodes or something like yeah. that. Yeah, but it's a memorable arc. Yes, well, for sure it is. It is. No question about uh, that. I've Which... watched the West Wing like five times. So. Uh... Nah, I think I've only seen it twice. I, I keep meaning uh, to watch it, but I don't have fun. I, I find time to rewatch it. You know, and I want to also listen to the podcast. I heard that the podcast is great podcast is fantastic yeah i listened to the uh, first episode i said to yeah, myself i'm gonna i'm episode. gonna watch and then listen watch and listen watch and listen and i got through yeah. one episode so far about six months ago they 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 get most of the cast on over the course of the the run I and mean, it helps yeah. having like uh, uh, joshua molina being on the show yes <laughs> and so he knows all the cast aaron sorkin's on there tommy shlami's like we get everyone involved with the show it's fantastic yeah well it helps if you have connections you know, I can't just call up Rob Reiner and say, Rob, I need you have a, I want to have you on my podcast. You know, just tweet Joshua, him every day. But Joshua Molina can do that. Can. Can <laughs> I cannot. They ha- I think they have Richard Schiff on like 10 times. And nah. he and he and Joshua Molina have uh, an antagonistic relationship, shall we say. Okay, that, that will be fun to eventually get to. Mm. <laughs> okay, so the, 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 the film moves along and we, we get a big fade out. And uh, then we get a shot of an elderly couple sitting on a couch. Now, this is not Harry or Sally, I believe. Well, maybe it is. Maybe it's them in the future. It doesn't sound like them. They're putting on a, he's putting on a voice. Ah, okay. Well, when he starts talking, well, the first, let's first give our, our first impressions of them. Okay. So, so as you mentioned earlier, you know, we have someone with a 
you know, sitting in a pinstripe suit with a uh, red and red tie with blue dots on it that is tucked into his pants. Yep. You know, <laughs> um, which is quite interesting to to look at. You know, and then the woman next to him is you know wearing a uh, you know uh, a perfectly done uh, white blouse. You know, wearing uh, gold earrings, uh, a red uh, skirt. You know, and she has like a a gold uh, charm. You know, at the around her neck or yeah. or at the the top button of the, that blouse, right? And then he begins to talk, and so I'm gonna I'm just gonna say his whole little diatribe here. We're not gonna break it down at this point. Well, maybe afterwards. My friend Arthur Cornblum. Because I was sitting with my friend Arthur Cornblum in a restaurant. It was a a, a horn and hardened cafeteria, and this beautiful girl walked in, and I t- turned to Arthur and I said, Arthur, you see that girl? I'm gonna marry her. And two weeks later, we were married. And it's over 50 years later, and we're still married. So, I mean, one of the one of the first thing I want to say about th- this movie, okay, has all of these uh, interludes with with all these documentary couples. Um, a little spoiler alert: in the script, there are more than the ones that are actually in the oh, movie wow. itself. So we'll you know we'll we'll talk about what they say over the course you know when we talk about the script, but uh, as things go along, obviously, but. My my first question that I ask about well okay so the whole idea here was they were they were gonna get real stories from real people and have them uh, uh, record from the real people, which makes a lot of sense. Sounds like yes. a lot of fun, you know. That that's what you want. You want to hear real stories. Um, you know, it's like off the beaten track. You know, stories. <laughs> there until you go. they tried it and discovered the real people. Can't tell a good story. <laughs> That's right. The real people, they might have a good story, but they don't know how to tell it properly. So they decided that, okay, we're going to take the real stories and we're just going to have uh, actors read off their, their lines. And so that's what they the did. The first here. time I found that out, I was amazed. Because yes. all of the couples in this are excellent. The, the, yeah. It, it, it feels like a, a real couple. I don't think this is not a real couple. But I know they're actors; they're paid to act, but they all do such a great job. You just, you just yes. believe it. You believe every every one of these stories. You believe it. Now, these two, uh, of all the couples in it, I'm glad I got these two because these are the ones that remind me most of my grandparents, of my my dad's parents, which are the only two that I know well, the only two that are still alive. Uh, they look a bit like my granddad. She doesn't say anything. My grandma rarely says anything. Uh, my granddad, you can't get them to shut up. Uh, it's these two really remind, and their story is like similar to to my grandparents, where my granddad would tell us like, oh, I just was at a dance one day. I said, oh, I'm gonna date that woman. <laughs> it's a little less romantic when you find out that they got married because he was in the army, and you got paid more if you were married. Uh, if you're in the army <laughs> in, in the UK, <laughs> so he just went home and was like, you want to get married? I get an extra two bob a week. And so they got married, and then what is it? Uh, Almost seventy years later, they're still together. Oh. Very nice. So, I mean, it works, but it didn't, it's not a very romantic start. Uh, okay, but but back then, but that's the thing. Back then, things were very different. Yeah, you know absolutely. this. That that's one of the things I like about all these different couples that they show through the course of this movie is is that they're all um, they're all from different structures. Yeah, you know, and yeah. different backgrounds and things like that. And they're all believable with the type of, of stories that they're telling. You know, so here, I, I mean, it's funny that you mentioned that it reminds you of your grandparents. It reminds me also of my grandparents the same way. My grandparents, I think, are, are possibly a generation before your grandparents. Uh, it's possible. <laughs> Maybe. 
My <laughs> let's put it this way: my grandparents are closer to the real age of these people. <laughs> okay. When when we in a few seconds, I'll I'll mention who these actors are, and that'll that'll uh, help a little bit. But you're 100 percent right. It's the idea that you know my grandfather would talk all the time, and he was he was basically the um, the spokesman. You know, my grandmother didn't say anything. She would just sit there on the side and wouldn't say anything. You know, he would tell Touch her what to on. do. That's right. And and I, I love that she does that here because, you know, you see that, at you know, while he's talking, she just, you know, pats his arm, uh, pats his hand a little bit, you know, and like rubs it, rubs her hand back and forth on his arm, meaning, you know, good job, that type of thing. You know, it's, it's a completely different generational aspect to obviously what we see now or what we saw with our parents and things like that. But with, with grandparents, it's a completely different story, you know, that back then that was... Uh, what was acceptable at the time, you know, right or wrong. Yeah. That's the way it is. Yeah. She, she's not the only uh, uh, female member of the couple who doesn't say anything Correct. Uh, throughout the film. Correct. Uh, but if you just, just look at her performance, I see a real sadness to her, but like she pat when she pats his arm, she kind of looks down and like sighs a little bit. And I feel like if this was their story, the film would be called we're still married. <laughs> no but she also bobs her head up and down like saying that you know showing that he's right about what he's saying and stuff like that and then she looks over at him you know and uh yeah no i i i hear what you're saying that there's might be a little bit of sadness but but that was also the way things were back then right but it's like in in two weeks i'm gonna i mean she does smile she does smile at him yeah yeah stockholm syndrome exists i i would Uh, i would (laughs) <laughs> go back to go back to Die Hard minute if you want to hear yeah. about Stockholm syndrome or I, or Helsinki it, syndrome. Because um, I mean, when he says, oh, "I'm going to marry that woman," two weeks later we did, doesn't explain whether in those two weeks he kidnapped her. Right, exactly. <laughs> that 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 was the point I was going to make. It would it would be so much better if she also explained her side of the story. You know, I was in this restaurant and I was kidnapped by this man. You know, I don't. Yeah. You know, we were married in two weeks, but I didn't see daylight for another three years. <laughs> Uh, 50 50 years 50 years this is the first time he's let me out you know who knows they're still inside who knows this is in the bunker yeah could be but it means that everyone else will be in the same bunker because it's the same couch and uh you know wallpaper in the back so they were invited to their house to do this so there's a few things i wanted to mention about the first of all the story and and you can see what time it is on the woman's watch it's 2 10 in the afternoon or two ten at night. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe it's two ten. <laughs> yeah. Oh, people get up early. I guess. That's right. <laughs> no, probably not that early. They, they you know, actually two ten makes sense that they're awake. You know that type of thing. It's yeah. it's the right time. But this is the story that that created the whole idea. Yeah, Rob it's, Reiner. It's, it's Alan was, Horn. The producer. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Rob Reiner was at Alan Horn's house, who they're good friends with. Okay, and. They were talking, and I don't know if it was. I don't. I have. I'm not really clear if it was connected to when Harry met Sally or not. But at some point, you know, uh, Alan Horn's father was there, and he said to him, "He says, hey, how'd you guys get together?'" And then he told this exact story. I, now, I heard it differently. I, I heard it that it was a pre-production dinner for when Harry met Sally, and they had lots of people there, and Alan Horn's parents happened to be in town, and so they, they were kind of there at this dinner party. 
but they didn't know anyone, so they kind of kind of sat to the side. And Rob Reiner, being Rob Reiner, just kind of found the people who weren't talking to him. He sat down next to them and just did small talk for an hour. I was like, well, how did you guys meet? And that's what they said. That's that's the story that I read. Oh wow! So, okay, I, so I mean, completely it's, it's different. Similar. It's it's still Rob Reiner sitting down with his with this couple, yeah, and demanding their life story from them. Right. Whether whether right or wrong, I actually like my version better because it's the idea that it's <laughs> no, not because I'm telling it. I like it better because of the fact that it's you know it's it's in a uh, you know it's just in their house. It's not like right, it's yeah. in a a social setting related to the movie. I mean, I had heard it that it, this was something that gave them the gave him the idea that he wanted to put these little documentary shots into the into the script. Yeah. You know, that type of thing. But either way, it works. I mean, the bottom line is, is that at least we both did our research properly that it came from Alan Horn's parents. You know? Yes. <laughs> he was the, one of the producers from Castle Rock. Yeah. Yes. Yes. As we, we mentioned that earlier this week, that, that he's one of the producers. He's right now in his second retirement phase. <laughs> he, he was retired from, uh, from, from, uh, uh, who retired him? Retired him. Uh, Walt Disney, I think. He was yes, working he, for he, Walt Disney. For Disney, they retired him because they wanted to bring in like younger uh, people, and then he got uh, uh, rehired by uh, yeah, by by Warner Brothers afterwards. And uh, no, sorry, it wasn't Walt, Walt Disney. He was he he was. I thought he was at Disney. No, he was at Disney. That was his second. Uh, that was his second That's job. The second one. He was okay. he was originally at Warner Brothers, and then he okay he was forced to retire at the age of sixty eight, uh, being the COO of Warner Brothers. Uh, because they wanted to groom younger talent. So that was in 2012. And then a year later, he was, he was, uh, urged by, by Walt Disney, by Walt Disney company to come and, and become their, they, they created a position for him and he became the, uh, uh, he became the chairman of Walt Disney studios. And then after that, they, they pushed him off and he got like this other job as the CCO of Walt Disney studios. The chief creative officer. Yes, but now he's back at Warner Brothers. Uh, then he retired again, and now he's back at Warner Brothers. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's, he's very busy. Something. I mean, he's in his eighties, or he's almost eighty. He'll he'll be eighty uh, uh, in February, February twentieth. He will be eighty. You know, uh, just as we're halfway through this movie at that point. He, he shares will... a birthday with my dog. Uh, so... uh, I'm sure he would be very happy to hear that. <laughs> my, yes, my dog will be very happy. I'm sure. Ah, your dog. Okay. Well, who's older? Uh, Alan, very much so. Uh, no, but but uh, you know, no, I, I mean in in dog years. Oh, in dog years. <laughs> well, in dog years, Alan's older too, because you know, eighty yeah, yeah, eighty yeah, multiplied is. by yeah. seven is uh, that. Yeah. But well, how old is your dog? Uh, he will be eight in February. No, nah, so. he's he's a young one. He's yeah. only sixty-four. A spring chicken. Yeah. That's right. He's only sixty-four. No, sixty. No, fifty-six. There you go. 56, 56. Even, I, I never said I was a math person. Uh, <laughs> now, one of the things I love is that in, in this speech, he says that they were, what, what cafeteria they were they in? The Horn and Hardens. I was trying to work out what the heck he said. I don't want to go to the script because he said the Horn and Hardens. I, I thought he said like the Horn and Island cafeteria. No, he said the, the Horn, Horn and Hardart cafeteria. What is that? I don't know. I think it's made up because oh, okay. because of the <laughs> fact that. You know, he uses the name Horn. You know, I think that that you know the idea is is maybe there's someone named Hardart that that's here. I don't know. I, I like I don't okay, even I know that. what what Alan Horn. I couldn't find what Alan Horn's father's name is. So, 
uh, I, I, I assumed it was some kind of a chain, maybe. I hadn't, I hadn't connected it to Alan Horn. I didn't put those two thoughts together. So you're a step ahead. I, I try to be. That, isn't that what I'm trying to do here? Yeah. Um, I, I, you know what? It is a real place. What do you know? <laughs> you are correct. It's a real place. <laughs> it was opened by, uh, it, it is a uh, cafeteria that's a food service company that's uh, located in Baltimore, Philadelphia, and New York City. And it was created by Joseph Horn and Frank Harder, Hard Hard Art. Uh, and in 1888, they opened up their first restaurants. So, yeah. Uh, and uh, it was around for, it, it's, uh, I think it's still around. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, from what I understood, it's it's still around. That, that's pretty interesting. I don't, I don't know where. I don't know where you can find one of these. But uh, uh, so, see, I just assumed that it was related to Alan Horn. Maybe, maybe this is Alan Horn's father. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it could be. Could be. I, I tried to search for Arthur Cornbloom, but all that comes up is this film. Yeah, so, so did I. Same, uh, same thing. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm sorry. It closed in 1991. So, yeah. And then they, they renamed oh. itself uh, uh, Hanover Direct in 1993. And then that year, the company bought Gumps. Ooh. There you go. Uh, so far, Bubble Gump. Bubblegum. There you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> interesting um so yeah it's uh it is a real place <laughs> apparently not connected to arthur horn i i just thought i thought that was great that they would do that you know that you know that that he would throw that in there and i would say okay where's where, where can i find information about who who harder is in this uh, <laughs> whole thing but apparently not oh well nice try <laughs> but what can i do <laughs> Yeah, so apparently it's a real place that, uh, that 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 he's in. So the two actors that we see here on screen are Kuno Spanholtz and name. yeah, and Connie <laughs> Sawyer. Okay, so Kuno Spanholtz okay. was has only eight acting credits, and he lived from 1911 to 1996, passing away at the young age of 85. Okay, his other credits are really crazy ones. He's in a movie called Whore 2, Street Hunter, Basket Case 2, uh, Delivery Boys, Night of the Zombies, and uh, then the other two I do recognize, Zelig and Radio Days, you know, um, which are both uh, um, uh, Woody, Woody, yeah. uh, Woody Allen movies. Yeah. But uh, no, I just thought it was really funny that, that uh, you know, th these are the type of movies that he's in. <laughs> He's in Horror too. Yeah. It's an eclectic career. I mean, Horror apparently is also known as Five Girls, is its uh, alternate title. I, um, I don't think yeah. it really makes a difference. Nope. So <laughs> uh, he he fled Nazi Germany, Germany, and he was he was an attorney beforehand, and then he he was a talent manager in Manhattan. So apparently, he wasn't really a full time actor. But his first acting career was Night of the Zombies in in eighty one, right? When he was already seventy. Yes. So, um, so, right. so, so maybe he was he was retired from being a talent manager and could be. Thought, hey i'm gonna be an old guy in some films could be so he was approximately well, 78 when when they made this film um which which goes along with you know the the the, the theme here that he's you know it's the right age now the woman who is next to him connie sawyer far more illustrious career a uh, little bit yes she has 140 credits on imdb 
She was born in 1912, and she passed away in 2018 at the age of 105. Yeah. Okay, she was known as the clown princess of comedy. Uh, I, I couldn't find out why. <laughs> you know, I, I couldn't find it out. She had a big red nose. Uh, apparently. She she only was in her first movie in 1959 because she was on the stage before that. And then uh, one of the stage plays that she was uh, starring in, they wanted to, Frank Sinatra wanted to make a uh, uh, a film about and decided to, to cast her in it. Okay. And when she passed away, she was considered the oldest working actress. Uh, She had a career that spanned over 85 years. The original True Grit. Yes. And she also is the old, was the oldest member of of the Screen Actors Guild and of, and she was a voting member of the, of the Academy. And she voted until, until she died. You know, she was considered uh, that she, how did she get this role? Do you, do you know how she got this role? I, I do not. She actually auditioned for the role that they eventually gave to Estelle Reiner, uh, you know, ah. the, the diner role. Yes. Yeah. And they decided to give her this role instead. Now, I just she find it really her, funny. She had one line and said she gets no lines. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but I think it's really funny that, that someone who's known as the clown princess of comedy has no speaking lines. <laughs> Yeah, in a movie. Like, and, and like the her credit in True Grit is talkative woman at hanging, uh, which not in this film she's not. Uh, uh, no, not very talkative. At all. No, uh, she was also in yeah. Dumb and Dumber, Pineapple Express. She played uh, the grandmother in Pineapple Express. She was in Injustice for All, Out of Sight. Um, she yeah, she had a bunch of TV credits over the years also, um, but she. She was a very prolific actress, you know. And she had an episode of The Office, The American Office. Yeah, yeah. She's two episodes of ER, but everyone has two episodes of ER. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the, I love when you when you see people on a particular uh, show and then they come back on a on a different episode, but they're a completely different actor. You know, you see that a lot on Law and Order. That is the case here. In ninety nine, yes. she played Kathy Brennan, and in two thousand six, she played Second, second Old Lady. lady. <laughs> Not even the first one. She's the second one. Yeah, uh, yeah, it happens quite often. But uh, yeah. it's she. Oh, she was she was on the that '70s show also. She played Aunt Pearl. <laughs> yeah, for me, a lot of comedies. She was like she was some kind of a clown princess or something. Something like that. Something but like it, that. it's really weird because yeah. any anywhere I found in her obituary or or on IMDb or Wikipedia, it, it just mentions they all mention that she was known as the clown princess of comedy, but no one explains why. <laughs> you know, we'll never know. We you shall know, never you know. know we, You're right. we won't. What can I tell you? And uh, after the story ends, so the the screen fades out again, and then it it starts up again, and we see. It's a, uh, we see a picture of the, like a, a uh, building in the distance, you know, with a road uh, going through going through the middle of the screen, trees on both sides of this road, people walking on the left hand side. And then you see a couple kissing on the right hand side, you know, from the distance. And you can see that there's like a, a, a duffel bag or something on the on the ground next to the man. And then it, yeah. the screen says University of Chicago, 1977. And then we we, we get. A close-up of them, and we see the, the the woman talking to the man, and she goes, "I love you," and he says, "I love you," and that's all the dialogue we get this minute, basically. 
You know, another yeah. dialogue heavy minutes, but uh, and then they kiss, and then they kiss. Now this this character is played by Michelle Nicastro, uh, who was born in 1960 and unfortunately passed away in 2010. Okay, she uh, she she has 35 uh, credits, mostly just through the 90s. After well, actually, yeah. Up until the the nineties, so there's a ten year gap where she didn't. She passed away on November fourth, twenty ten, of breast cancer, at the age of uh, fifty. Uh, she was obviously in this movie. She was in the Swan Pinch Princess. She was on It's Gary Shandling's show, and uh, she was married to Steve Stark, which I'm assuming is not related to any other Starks that we might think of. Uh, probably not Tony. Probably not Tony Stark. He's a producer. He's a, a TV producer. I see. Definitely not Tony. Okay. Uh, well, you never know. Maybe his his secret uh, identity. You know, maybe he is also Iron Man. I don't know. <laughs> he's he's a producer of The Handmaid's Tale and a whole bunch of TV shows. Produ- uh, Medium, a TV show called Wednesday the Event. Uh, uh, he appeared as himself in one episode of Mouser Size, uh, which apparently is a Disney kids exercise TV show, which would do uh, <laughs> uh, exercise routines and health tips set to popular classic Disney tunes. Interesting. I, I wonder how yep. old he was at the time. There was one episode and he is in it. <laughs> it was in uh, 1983. Hmm, interesting. Uh, my assumption is he was in his twenties at the time. Yeah, and that, that that would be my assumption. I could be right. I could be wrong. I don't know. I mean, she was born in nineteen sixty, so that's the one thing on his ID page I chose to click on was Mouse's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but no, he was in the casting department. No, he's, he he he's cast. No, no, sorry, he was uh, casting department of Star Search. Self. Star Search. Yes, he he is in the cast. Is him at uh, uh, Kellen? Plaschet is the star, and then Steve Stark and Wayne Alwyn. Wayne played Mickey Mouse, so I don't know. Ah, so he maybe he played Mickey Mouse. Maybe he was in like a Mickey Mouse. Uh... But he says he's, he played himself, or maybe it's a character called Self. I don't know. But uh, this is listeners find out what this is. <laughs> <laughs> Mouse size, go. And ah, uh, they had two seasons of it. He was in season two. It says season two, but but on IMDb it's only nineteen eighty three, nineteen eighty three. So it says season two, but there is no season one. Maybe maybe it wasn't picked up. Maybe <laughs> maybe this is all my. I'm just gonna uh, be a fanatic for mouse size now. I'm gonna get to the bottom of this. There you go. You, you do that and report back to us tomorrow. Let us know what, what what you find out about uh, about that mouse size. Mouse size. There you go. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, she's she's been in a few movies, um, and uh, but th- this is probably her most prominent role. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. Um, yeah, I mean, she was she was only on one episode of It's Gary Shandling, and uh, I mean, on on uh, on IMDb, there's there's a picture of of her and um, oh, what's his name? Can you remember his name at this point? Um, from uh, from Full House, 
She was she was in Full House. She had one oh, episode. John Stamos. Right, John Stamos. She's one episode in Full from House. From ER. <laughs> oh, you th- okay, there you go. You think of him from ER. There you go. Very I, good, very I good. I may have watched all of ER fairly recently. Yes. <laughs> fairly. It's been like two years, hasn't it? It's been, like, yeah, well. Yeah. But uh, whatever, most of her credits are like TV episodes. She has a few few movies. That she, she has a movie called Body Rock. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, uh, um, Maybe Kuno Sponholz was in that one also. I don't know. Got turned down for that one. <laughs> Sounds like too, it. too high brow for him. Apparently. Don't know. But uh, so the, the first of all, the you know, they're here at the University of Chicago. What what do you know about the University of Chicago, Jay? Uh, it is in Chicago. It is some kind of higher education built, uh, establishment. Uh it existed at least before 1977. Okay, so the University of Chicago... End of list. There you go. <laughs> the University of Chicago is also known as UChicago, Chicago, UFC, or UChi, or UChai, something like that. Um, it is a research university in Chicago, Illinois, whose main campus is in Hyde Park. Okay, it is uh, consistently ranked among the best universities in the world. And it is one of the most selective universities in the whole U.S. Okay, they started this. Uh, uh, well, actually, they have 97 uh, Nobel laureates that have come from from the, the from their alumni and staff. Okay, they have 10 Fields Medalists, four Turing Award winners, 52 MacArthur Fellows, 26 Marshall Scholars, 53 Rhodes Scholars, 27 Pulitzer Prize winners, 20 National Humanities Medalists. 29 billionaire graduates who are still alive and eight Olympic medalists. It was started in 1890. So yes, it was, it was a little before 1977. I was right. There you go. <clears throat> and uh, it was uh, started, one of, the, one of the founders of it was uh, John D. Rockefeller. And the land was uh, donated by Marshall Field. And I'm not going to go into all the history. There's so much history about this 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 university that it's but just spend so much not time worth here. not worth going into, you know, about the whole thing. Uh, just some some famous people that have graduated from there. Uh, Ed Asner, who unfortunately just passed away this year, you know, the uh, Emmy Award actor, Emmy Award yeah. winning actor. Um, oh, Fredrickson. Yes, uh, Anna Anna Klumsky got her degree from there, from My Girl and from Veep. Yeah. All right, Roger Ebert. Got his degree in 1970. He was a former film critic and Pulitzer Prize winner. If anyone, anyone who's not familiar, anyone who's listening to this probably should know who Roger Ebert is. But if you don't, then uh, then there you go. Um, who else? Um, uh, Sisui Hayakawa. Do you know who that is? I do not. He is from Bridge of the River Kwai. Okay. He plays. He plays the. Um, you know the, the the bad guy, I guess you can say, in Bridge on the River Kwai, Colonel Colonel best? Saito. Okay, I see. Yes. Um, which hopefully will be a future uh, season of the show. We'll talk well, a lot about it. You know, uh, I want to watch that film again. Oh, okay. <laughs> you can still watch it even if we don't. <laughs> I can't. I don't have time. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, you only have time if it's. Uh, if if you you have to do episodes on it, okay, that that would you that don't would. know how true that is. <laughs> I, I understand that. Trust me. Um, Mary Lou Henner, 
who was an who's an actress uh, mostly uh, known for her role in Taxi. Uh, Celeste Holm, who won an Oscar. Uh, she was in Gentleman's Agreement, All About Eve, All About Eve, High Society. Uh, Philip Kaufman, do you know who that is? The name rings a bell. He was the director of The Right Stuff. Not because of that. Okay. Among other movies that, that he was uh, director of. Um, Leopold and Loeb. Again, I recognize the name. They were murderers in the 1920s who, for the just for the fun of it, decided to you know murder a friend of theirs. And you know the the, oh, the movie Rope. The guys that Rope was built. That's right. On. The movie that Rope is based on. Okay, Elaine May graduated from there. She was a screenwriter, actress, director. Um, yeah. You know, Heaven Can Wait, Primary Colors, uh, uh, um, Heartbreak Kid, and. Ishtar. Oh, was it called? Ishtar's Ishtar, yeah. which is what killed her and career. She, yes, and she worked with, she started up with Mike Nichols. That's right, yeah. and Mike Nichols is the next person on, on that list, on the list. Mike Nichols also worked there, uh, also studied there. They both graduated the same year. Yeah, they had a, a comedy troupe. Yes. Uh, they were a comedy duo. Yeah. That's correct, and he's he's actually one of the co-founders of Second City. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, Kimberly Pierce, who is the director of uh, Boys Don't Cry. Yep. Okay, she also graduated from there. Uh, David Steinberg, do you know who that is? I feel like I should recognize again. Recognize the name. He's a director and comedian who did a show where he was interviewing all these different comedians for a few years. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the show. Don't remember the name of that show. Um, who else? Uh, the and the actor uh, Fritz Weaver, who was in Holocaust, Failsafe, and Black Sunday. All right. Now there are different there's Supreme Court justices that were there. Uh, John Paul Stevens uh, graduated from there. Um, uh, uh, David Steinberg show was called the David Steinberg show. No, some, there was something else. It was called something else. <laughs> he did have a show called the David Steinberg. Show. I'm sure he did, but uh, uh, that isn't the one I'm talking about. Inside comedy. Inside comedy. There you go. Yeah, which which was great. It's 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 a really fun show. They have like. Uh, he did a whole bunch of them. He was also a director on Curb Your Enthusiasm and things like that. But he has all of these great interviews with, uh, with like one-on-one interviews with a whole bunch of, of uh, you know, comic legends, just just talking about comedy and stuff like that. He had 36 episodes between uh, 2012 and 2015. Nice. And then he, he uh, I guess, I guess the show just didn't continue after that. <laughs> yeah. Um, you also have uh, Robert Bork, who was uh, someone who was supposed to be a, a Supreme Court justice, but didn't didn't work. Did, it didn't didn't get in there. Uh, advisors to uh, D- David Axelrod, the advisor to Obama and Bill Clinton, um, and someone that I thought uh, Bernie Sanders also graduated from there. And the one that that really shocked me was Elliot Ness graduated from there. <laughs> that may make sense. It, I mean, it, it goes oh, yeah. way back, but yeah. <laughs> There you go, Elliot Ness. <laughs> Costner himself. Yes. And that's pretty much, uh, you know, again, we have the I love yous back and forth between Harry and Amanda, and that pretty much ends this uh, this episode. So um, you have anything else you want to say about this minute before we get into the, the script? No, we got into my kidnap side plot, so that was that's the main thing I wanted to get to. So, no. Okay. All right. So the 
the, the script has a few little discrepancies here, but I, I, I like the way that some of them go. The first thing is, is as, as I mentioned every season, one of the things I love about reading scripts is the descriptive aspects of the, the script. So it, it starts off here, it basically starts off the movie because, you know, the last two episodes, we didn't really have anything to say about the script. So it's documentary footage of an older couple, a man and a woman. They're sitting together on a love seat, looking straight at the camera. The documentary dialogue that follows is meant only as an indication. The movie will use real people, not actors, and will be hearing their actual stories, which will be similar to the ones indicated here. <laughs> and then we have the story from uh, this, you know, from uh, Kuno Sponholtz. Uh, talking and he mentions Cornbloom and he mentions the Horde and Hardened Cafe. And there's just one line that's thrown in there and he goes, it was a, it was a Horn and Hardened Cafeteria. They don't have them anymore. <laughs> and they somehow, yeah. for some reason, they cut that out, which is pretty funny because, you know, as we said, it, it lasted until 1991. So they still had them for another two years. Yeah. So that that's all I have to say about that part of the script. And then, you know, the the, the rest of the dialogue is word for word from the story. So I, I find it really funny that he's that he mentions that we're only using this as an indication and it's not really what's going to be. And then like, it's not, almost word this, for word. Like this, not this. Like <laughs> exactly. Give me something like this, and we're going to take out we're going to take out five, uh, six words, and then it'll be exactly it. There you go. Um, so then it says fade in uh, external of the University of Chicago campus day ten years ago. So obviously they changed it to 1977 instead of ten years ago because the movie takes place over a period of. Uh, 12 years. Exactly. And then it says, a couple in a clinch. The young man involved is named Harry Burns. He's 26, year old, 26 years old, just graduated from law school, wearing jeans and a sweatshirt. He's kissing a young woman named Amanda. She has long straight hair that she irons, which is not <laughs> what no. we have here. Yes. Big mess of girls up there. She's about 20. They, the, the embrace is fairly melodramatic. They pull back to look at one another. And then Amanda says, I love you. And then Harry says, I love you back. Okay, so it switched around. I mean, again, it's 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 the same thing. It doesn't really make a difference. But I just I love the way that they describe things. I mean, tomorrow we'll get we'll get a great description of Sally, just just like we get a description of Harry today. Do you did you always think of Harry as being 26 here? No. I I um I, I'd assumed he was like twenty to twenty two, somewhere in the, the region that you normally graduate from from university well no i i understood him to be a little bit older because of the fact that that later on you know they talk about the fact that she's uh actually 12 years later 32 33 okay you know you're right it makes sense that uh i mean first of all the toupee here is is really is hilarious on on billy crystal i mean if you listen to the commentary uh and i've listened to both commentaries there's one just with rob reiner and there's one with rob reiner Nora Ephron and Billy Crystal, and they make fun of the fact that they kept calling this the Jack Lord toupee because it makes him look like he's in Hawaii Five-O. Yeah, I can see that. Billy Crystal, this isn't an insult. He's not a guy who like hairlines are an odd thing for Billy Crystal. Yeah, he's, he's never he's never had like a, a a a lot of hair at the front of his head. Yes, uh, which this this shows why I guess it's just kind of someone's just dropped. Uh, something dead on him. Yeah. Uh, it hasn't scurried away yet. Correct. Uh, <laughs> but what can you do? <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't doesn't look right. But yeah. I, I mean, yeah, the, they do. I think they do a decent job other than this with making the actors look younger. 
yeah when when required i mean the 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 clothing helps we'll get more into that tomorrow i guess correct all right so um every wednesday we have a segment called harry burns hunt day Uh, obviously we just got introduced to harry burns so it works perfectly that we're talking about him starting today so basically we are going to talk about my guests uh top five films with or top performances of billy crystal so what have you got for us? Hopefully you've seen yes. more than you saw of Meg Ryan on Monday. Uh, technically, yes. Uh, but when, when I got this list, well, I, I kind of guessed this is what the, the topics would be because, you know, I've done your show before. And so I thought, oh, Meg Ryan's going to be tough. I've seen loads of Billy Crystal films. I've only seen seven, it turns out. Like Billy well, Crystal comparatively, films. that's not. Yes. You've yeah, seen twice as many uh, Billy Crystal movies as you've seen... Uh, uh, <laughs> Almost, almost. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, honorable mention for Hamlet is is the one. I love him in that movie. He's yeah, he's good. Uh, my number five is this is Spinal Tap, uh, which mainly for his deleted scenes. He's not in the film a great deal. He's like the the head of the mime waiters, mime is money. Uh, but there's a lot more deleted material on YouTube that I think is well worth watching. And he's also uh, Bruno Kirby, also in that scene. Yes. Uh, so my number four is City Slickers. Great in City Slickers, fantastic. Uh, four and up are strong recommendations. So the opposite of when Harry, of, of Meg Ryan, where one is a recommendation and the rest <laughs> of the list I don't really care about. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, four and up are recommended. So City Slickers is great. Uh, uh, my number three is when Harry met Sally. Really? Uh, hmm. Yes, my number three. Which for the same reason as number, uh, Meg Ryan was number one. This is uh, an excellent performance. He just gets to a great deal. He's very good in it, but he's just, in my opinion, better in next two number two is a much smaller role though number two is princess bride i love him in the princess bride have fun storming the castle absolutely Uh, that that scene he has is incredible uh makes me laugh every time princess bride perfect film and my number one you can probably guess what my number one would be rob knowing me the films that i like the films Uh, yes, absolutely. Billy Crystal, he he lights up the screen as the Marietta Mangler. Uh, he's fantastic as, as Garland Green uh, singing with that little girl in the empty swimming pool. Uh, no, it is, of course, his his role as, as Mike. Uh, oh, God. Mike Wazowski in Monsters, Inc. Yeah, of course. University. Both of them. I'm going to actually pick Monsters University as being his better performance. He's great in both of them. He's fantastic in both of them. But in Monsters University, he's having... He's, like 15 years older i'm not sure what the dates when that film came out uh but he still sounds the same. no he's 15 years younger but the, the uh, billy crystal ah, billy crystal is older right is is much older but he's voicing but he's playing somebody much younger so i feel like that's a harder acting performance to pull off and he does it very well okay so i, I personally i like monsters university better than monsters inc um, that's uh, an unusual opinion uh, that I do not share, but I do love them both, and I'm still bitter that Monster University was not nominated for a Best Animated Feature Award at the Oscars. It should have been. It's better than the Croods. Better than the Croods. <laughs> it's just just fact. It's better than the okay. Croods. Okay, that's fair. Completely <laughs> fair. Just a fact, Rob. It's just a fact. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that's fine because you and I don't get to vote, and and at I the time, see. you know, we could maybe we can blame, uh, you know, Connie Sawyer. Uh, yeah, she was still voting back then. She's on my list. She made the list. She she broke the tie that uh, <laughs> she voted for the Croods. She's a big Nick Cage fan, I guess, which I can understand. Apparently. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so, Jay, why don't you tell people how they can get in touch with you? 
Uh, yeah, today I'm going to plug something you you plugged in the uh, my intro. Uh, I am the host of Lampity over on the Lamb. The Lamb is the large association of movie blogs, largeassmovieblogs.com, which is where Rob and I met, uh, which is exactly what it sounds like. It is a huge global uh, organization of of movie blogs and people who just like write about films and do so for a hobby. And there's there's blogs and podcasts and all kinds of things over there. So if you are listening and you have a movie blog or podcast and think, hey. I want to talk to some other people about movies. Where can I do that? Head over to the Lamb, largeassmovieblogs.com, and join the flock. I'm also the shepherd for the Lamb, but that's uh, kind of an honorary title these days. Not a lot happens other than keep making sure the website keeps ticking along. Uh, <laughs> and so, yes, the Lampity is is on the Lambcast feed. It's the official podcast of the Lamb, which I used to host, uh, which I, I retired from hosting that a couple of years ago at this point. Uh, Richard Kirkham now hosts it, but I still host Lampity, which is our movie trivia version of Jeopardy. It's a monthly show, a tournament, a lot of fun. Uh, Rob took part in it a couple of years ago at this point. I took part in it last year as a contestant. I can't tell you how well I got on because Rob isn't up to date yet on the episode. No, not yet. Uh, not yet. No, I'm, I'm, I got a really long backlog. You know, I'm, I'll get to it eventually. I know, I know <laughs> it was in December. I was in November. And maybe you were on December also. If you won November, we'll have to wait and see. I mean... Yeah, so. I couldn't tell you, Rob. I couldn't tell you. You'll find but out. But you did make that, it into the semifinals. That that that's the thing I that did. people need to know. You know. And I'm very grateful to you, Rob, for for always sending me questions I can use in the show. So thank you very much for doing. Yeah, except for the ones that well, you see this 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 year it's a little more difficult because there were at least two episodes, if not three, that I couldn't send you questions for. Yep. Well, uh, I'm very grateful to uh, to Todd Lieber now for guest hosting those. He was the winner of the 2021 tournament, and he guest hosted the shows that I am that I have been on. Uh, for for 2022, uh, so thank you, Todd, uh, and everyone else who sends in questions and is is uh, great fun on those shows. You actually have some of our previous contestants and previous question writers coming up in your season, I believe. Yes, I look forward to to that. Uh, so yeah, Lampity is where you can find me once a month hosting movie trivia. All right, excellent. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Move Around Minute. You can find me on Facebook. Find me on Twitter. Or you can go to my website, movearoundminute.com. So, until tomorrow, I'll have what she's having. I'll have what she's having. Gave me a thrill with all your faults. I love you still. It had to be you. Wonderful you. Had to be you.